Hello. Welcome and thank you for joining us and listening to our podcast, The God Beyond the Bible. Our podcast is released weekly each Friday. The content of each episode is based on the questions and curiosities we all have about God and the Bible. Many of our topics are considered taboo in the minds of the mainstream church. You will find our discussions to be, I think, refreshing and often far from traditional. But we don't just skirt around these complex issues, but confront them head on, and not in the way you're used to hearing them discussed on typical Christian talk shows. I'm Alan Rowland, creator and host of The God Beyond the Bible. As of the launch of this podcast, I've been a pastor for more than 35 years. My co-host is my daughter, Trayson, and our engineer, co-producer, is my daughter, Tabitha. Our mission is to encourage our audience, along with us, to open our minds to the reality that God is simply too big to be fully explored or experienced by the reading and studying of a single ancient work. In short, the Bible's not the sum of God, and to think this is to limit what He has done, is doing, and what He will do in our future. So with introductions made, thank you for listening, and let's dive into the topic of the day. Welcome, Seekers, to episode number 77 of God Beyond the Bible, a podcast by Seekers and for Seekers. We certainly hope our little podcast serves as a positive influence on your life and spiritual pursuit. And wherever you are at this moment, physically and spiritually, our mission is to encourage you. Sure. And our shout outs this week are to our listeners in Ottawa, Canada. We're glad to have you guys on board. And our quote of the week is maybe the journey isn't so much about becoming anything. Maybe the journey is about unbecoming everything that really isn't you so you can be who you were meant to be in the first place. That's pretty good. And that's by unknown. Someone unknown. unknown. Uh, Last episode, we explored the idea of how the Christian religion, namely the church, is exhibiting signs of being on the brink of another reformation or even possibly a collapse and reconstruction. Uh, We think the COVID crisis may serve to expedite what we believe to be the inevitable. And starting in segment one today, we want to discuss a topic that is a widely accepted principle in most circles, and that is karma. While we may not know a lot about the ancient Sanskrit term, most of us believe in its basic principle. Karma is defined as follows. Karma means action, work, or deed. It also refers to the spiritual principle of cause and effect, where the intent and action of a person, or the cause, influences the future of that individual, which is the effect. All right. All right. So while most in the Christian community reject the title karma, because it's usually associated with reincarnation. I think that's what in the Hindu and the Buddha, Buddhist, yeah, deal. So in Eastern religions where it's believed that what we do in our current life, such as good deeds and good intent, results in a happier life, mm-hmm. in rebirth. our rebirth. And that's according, like I said, to the Hindu and yeah. the right, Buddhism. Right. So you may be surprised to find that there are indications in the Bible that even in Jesus' day, the idea of reincarnation may have been much more widely accepted. You can visit episode number eight of God Beyond the Bible, which is titled Reincarnation, um, where one of the main points of that episode is when the disciples questioned Jesus about the prophecy that said that Elijah must return before the Messiah would appear. And Jesus answered by saying, if you can accept it, Elijah did appear. He was John the Baptist. 
And I and, read over that so many times before I ever actually realized yeah. what he was saying. And and some of the translators put he was in the spirit right. of John. Mm. You know, we just couldn't we just couldn't translate <laughs> what it said. You know, okay. Well, today we'd like to look at karma from a more Christianized perspective. The truth is, the New Testament does support a karma perspective. While it doesn't necessarily present it in a reincarnation sense, it does present it in a cause and effect sense. When the writer Paul says in Galatians 6, Whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap, one must admit that in principle this is karma. Even though we interpret Paul to mean that we will reap what we sow either in this present life or the afterlife or or whatever. Uh, In fact, this very reap what you sow principle is the first law of karma. It's difficult to know if this thought is original with Paul. Or perhaps he was familiar with it from the, his study of religion while studying to become a Pharisee. I mean, uh, I, I, I'm going to guess it maybe the reap what you sow thing may predate Paul. I don't think it's... Well, I wanted to jump back to a couple of other verses that I found. Um, Proverbs chapter 26, verse 27. Mm-hmm. If you set a trap for others, you'll be caught in it instead. If you roll a boulder down on others, it will crush you instead. Um, in Psalm seven sixteen, the trouble they make for others backfires on them, and the violence they plan will fall on their own heads. So that's that's it's karma. something that yeah. has been in the Christian and Jewish religion for a long time. We just never called it karma. karma. Right. Reaping what you sow or karma is something that we here at God Beyond the Bible like to call one of God's natural laws. In fact, we suggest that the Ten Commandments were natural law. In other words, they are cause and effect, much like gravity and other laws of physics. In gravity, you jump off a rooftop, which is the action or cause, and you fall to the ground. That's the effect. And the law of gravity is in play whether you believe in it or not. Right. In the same way, to commit murder, adultery, or to lie, cheat, or steal all have similar natural effects whether you acknowledge the commandments or not. Yeah, we all know. I, I like to deal, and it's not that I'm big on the Ten Commandments need to be in the courthouse, but I did like, was it Sid Robertson that did that deal on the Ten Commandments? And I kind of liked what he said. He said, look, folks, it needs to be in the courthouse because it said, you get to messing around on your wife, you're going to come down to this courthouse. <laughs> you're going to see the inside of this courthouse. You murder somebody, you're going to see the inside of it. Right. You know, yeah. he was he made a good point there, you know. It, it, really legalistic, but he was, he was making a he right. made a good point. So, in principle, the Christian religion teaches cause and effect, reaping what you sow, or basically karma minus the reincarnation mm-hmm. factor. Everything we do or say has both short-term and the possibility of long-term effects. We suggest that both can equally impact our future. Words can have just as much impact on our lives and our future as actions. I mean, is that not right, I guys? think it's possibly uh, maybe more. Yeah. Yeah. We probably do more damage with our words than we do actions, oh, you know. definitely. Probably. Well, you would think that for this reason, we had put more thought into our words and actions. Tracen. <laughs> no, that's that's directed at me. Yet we often ignore the long-term effects and continually perpetuate future conflict and personal heartache when we react to situations spontaneously without giving thought to the energy we have put out into the universe that doesn't seem to diminish. And more often than not, it grows and multiplies mm-hmm. before we encounter the effects sometime in our future. Much like planting one grain of corn, in time it produces a stalk, with multiple ears of corn, each ear covered in hundreds of kernels, 
all from the planning of one single kernel. Yeah. Okay, so let's use a few examples of karma or the law of cause and effect in our natural world. We all know the risk of using tobacco. And before we get into this, I've used tobacco. Trayson's a tobacco user. Has been, not, but has been a tobacco user. So not picking on tobacco. We're just using this for an example here. Right. But it is a known fact that tobacco use, especially smoking, has a serious effect on our health in the future. Sure. The reason this is such a good example is that we commonly begin our tobacco use very young. I mean, it's rare for a person in their 30s or 40s to go their whole life tobacco free <laughs> and then to start at that point I in don't their know life. that I've ever encountered anyone. Actually, I'm... my husband's mother was 35 years old before she ever picked up a cigarette and oh, to this goodness. day at 70 she's a chain smoker oh my goodness mm. alive okay so that blows my tear but that's rare but it, it is, is very rare, rare. Yeah. because most smokers usually begin in their teens uh-huh. at that point they may not even be contemplating how this can ap- impact their future health and well-being most lung cancer and COPD patients will be honest and wish that they had never been introduced to tobacco and I'm going to speak as a previous smoker I think almost every smoker goes man I wish I never picked one up in the first place Wish I never smoked that first cigarette yeah so the truth is that not everyone who uses tobacco experiences the worst of the diseases that are associated with tobacco use yet it's clear that long-term tobacco use does affect our future quality of life sure it does not to mention the fact that long-term smokers spend more on tobacco (laughs) than on their home that they live in and I think my husband and I calculated one time the thousands upon thousands of dollars we had spent on, on tab- cigarettes. Yeah. yeah. So that's enough of that, though, guys. We all get the picture, and there are natural laws of cause and effect in play, but not all are as easily detected as the example that we use. So with that thought, we're just talking about end of that thought of natural karma. Uh, that's just a little example there that mm-hmm. we know that it does work like that. And with that thought, we're going to pause, we're going to regroup, and we're going to return briefly with part two. Okay, Seekers, welcome back. We're in segment two of episode 77 of God Beyond the Bible. This week's episode topic is karma, or we reap what we sow, or cause and effect. From this point on, we're just going to use the term karma to cover all of these, though. Uh, I think we laid down a good foundation of what we mean. So we've suggested that whether or not we subscribe to karma, we all live life by the natural law of cause and effect. In short, words and actions have real consequences, and many of those consequences are not immediate. In fact, it may be that the immediate effects of our words and actions may pale in comparison to the impact that they have when we have to reap the harvest of the effects in the future. So let's talk about karma in our speech. I don't want to talk about this. Though, <laughs> we suggest that everything we say and do releases an energy and that energy may have a positive impact or often mm-hmm. as not, if you're me, a negative impact on our future. Wars have been fought and avoided by the words that were used. Of course, when it comes to war, we all know that thousands, even tens of thousands of lives hang in the balance. Yeah. In this age in which we live, almost everything we say or write is preserved in one way or another. 
and may be brought back for us to give account for what we say at an unexpected time in the future. And this may be one of the downsides of this age of free exchange of information. Ooh, how many people can say they've never gotten themselves in trouble on social media? Besides mm. dad, who's never on social media. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I used to early in the stages and I'd get involved in the chats the and bad, the, the yeah. conversation and the stuff. And yeah. it was, it's just, it's insane. It is. Well, and it kind of goes back to one of my friends and I were discussing. You guys remember back, um, I think what dad's talking about, when news stories would have like actual comment sections yeah, yeah, and yeah. you would spend hours in there just arguing back and forth with people like can you not see that you're wrong i can yeah. remember like yahoo would have like the threads yes. and i would get on those religion oh yeah threads yeah. and oh man yeah great waste of energy yes isn't it? definitely or perhaps we may take a positive note from all this and suggest that we should always speak in a way uh, that we would if we knew that we would have to give account for every word we say. Now, Jesus himself suggests that we will be accountable for every idle word. Now, this is usually interpreted as giving some uh, account in some final judgment, though the text does not necessarily say that. Might we also interpret this warning in the realm of karma? I mean, Jesus well, said not one, <laughs> you know, yeah. not one idle word is going to... Can you imagine... Sitting back for a minute, though, can you imagine if all you had to do was watch every mean and nasty and smart-alecky word you had ever said to people yeah. play on a screen in front of you? I mean, that's a punishment I think, within I think itself. we actually do get to do that. I personally think that's the purging. Yeah. I think that's the purging. Most of the people that have a near-death experience that I watch, they actually, a great deal of them, not everyone, but a great deal of them, get their life reviewed. And mm-hmm. they said it seemed because here's here's the explanation they give said it seems like it takes hours, mm-hmm. but it's only moments because they're only gone they're only dead for a few minutes right yeah. and it's all happening but they said they review everything in their life gets reviewed everything they've said and every, but the thing of it is many of them say that but then they realize when they do it that everything that they decision they made in life was a right decision. Mm-hmm. At that time, it was a decision they made, and it didn't become, in heaven, for many of them, it didn't become about right or wrong. It was just just, accepted. It was just a decision. It was one of your choices you made, and you made that choice. Hmm. Anyway, is it me on four? Uh, As we've said before, I think I just read that three. Okay. So I'll go. As we have said before, (laughs) words are like a bullet from a gun. Once that trigger's pulled and the bullet is released, you can't take it back. That's right. In the same way, once we say something, the energy of our words are released and anyone in their affected path will be impacted. You know, we don't have to look very hard to witness someone whose present life is being negatively impacted by something that they (laughs) said years or decades ago. I was, once again, I love reading articles Uh online and stuff. And I was reading one that was talking about a lot of larger companies now um, their employees have to provide the passwords to their social media. Really? And they go through before they hire someone. And Just periodically see. afterward, they go through your social media and see what you're posting. And to mm-hmm. whom to decide whether you're a good fit for the company or not. And I think you're going to talk about that in this next part. So our health may be impacted by karma. And our words are certainly subject to karma. But what about our actions? After all, the Sanskrit word karma means action. It may be that we don't fully understand the impact of our own actions, even though 
you know, it may be something as simple as posting or reposting something on social media. So let's be honest, when we post or repost certain types of socially or politically controversial memes and videos, Tabitha, (laughs) we are giving others a profile into our character and the type of person that we are. And that impacts the way people interact with us. People occupying certain titles and positions have had their entire career and future disintegrate because of something that they posted on social media. Oh, no, we've seen it. Local politics, state oh, politics, and yeah. you see it everywhere, and you think, why did you do that? Well, and you'll see someone, and even if they don't get in some kind of, you'll see someone like a school teacher, uh-huh, and then yes. they'll post something that's like, yeah. and then you're thinking, that person's teaching my children. Mm-hmm. I see people and all over the time. You know, look, I have lost great respect, honestly, for many people who I stand back and go, why are you posting that out? And I don't mind if that's your belief. If that's your personal opinion, but great. But you are being so mean and so cruel to people who disagree with you. And I lose respect for people. Well, sure, sure we do. And that's that's instant karma. And it goes on to haunt you. It'll come back to, yes. you know, there's, there's that instant... Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, consequences and then there's future consequences even our demeanor facial expressions the way we do or say things have an energy behind them and just projected out Habitat. and and received and interpreted <laughs> by others <laughs> i can't see she must be making faces or something <laughs> i don't know uh just our expression that we walk around with speaks volumes about us doesn't it it does, it does. it's sending out an energy that can either positively or negatively affect our future when dealing and interacting with other people. Most of us know people that when we think of them, we imagine them with a smile on their face. Likewise, we reflect on those who wear the bitter frown in the same manner. Yeah, I'm sure y'all were just like me. Names were popping in with the smiles and names well, and, and faces I can were popping in with the other. being kind of obsessive when I was a little kid because I knew some of those people that always had that very... That scowl on their face. And that was just their relaxed face after so many years, honestly. And it would scare me. And I would like try and walk around with a smile all the time because I didn't want to. (laughs) Kind of like Briscoe Darling, your face is going to stick that way. (laughs) Well, no, I was thinking that there was a lady that uh, played piano. I I, uh, went around to churches and traveled with a group and played piano. And even her own family called her Old Stone Face. They try to put the book up there where they could, because when she she just looked like she was the most miserable. I, and then I got to know some of her life after she passed away, or something, and I thought, well, she might have been just as, but but, yeah. but it was just an aura. Yeah. And we're gonna we're gonna talk our, one of our next we're gonna talk about aura and the energy and all that mm-hmm. stuff and our aura. But it was just an aura of it was just. It, it, I know they had to really that group had to really compensate. For her, she was an excellent piano player, mm-hmm. but uh, but even her own nephew, I knew him pretty well. He called her old stone face. Oh, oh my man. goodness. <laughs> so I guess what we're trying to say is that our life right now is built on and influenced by the things we've said and done and the choices yes. we've made in our distant and not so distant past. We're always sowing and reaping. Daily. Yes. Mm -hmm. Though we don't believe we're all stuck in this wheel of negative karma, as some religions suggest, we are certainly products of our past words and actions. And let me say right here, you can get stuck in the wheel of karma. You can keep doing the same Mm -hmm. stupid things and keep reaping the same stupid harvest. Yes. And then go back and just keep doing that. You know, what is the what is the definition of insanity? Doing the same things again and again and expecting a different result. Yeah. 
Since karma is generally used in the negative sense, its real power is when it occurs in the positive sense. And by this principle, we possess a certain amount of power over our future. In fact, the law of sowing now and reaping later may be one of the few tools that we have to ensure a brighter future. And so with that thought, we're going to pause briefly and we'll be right back with part three. Okay, now we've spent the first two segments of this episode laying a foundation for what we think the role of karma is in our lives, uh, in its cause and effect or reap what we sow concept. This is a very widely accepted principle of life, even among the Christian community. Most Christians are just reluctant to use the title karma because of its connection to Eastern mystic religions, and the Christian community often lumps, you know, all of those religions into one category of pagan religion. It is a curious fact, and I just wanted to throw this in, that many, if not most, of these religions know a great deal about Jesus and his role in the Christian religion. Yet, we as Christians don't think there is anything beneficial in studying and understanding other belief systems. Why do you think that is? Well, the classic answer is, of course, well, if you study those religions, they'll corrupt you. It's all of that. It was all of that uh, from the Old Testament. The Jews don't have anything to do yes. with those people. They've got a different religion, and, they, and they, I guess that's probably what it is. But but don't have you ever heard it? It's a pagan, really. You oh, know, yeah. we don't know anything. Just it's, give it's, it the title pagan, and then you, you're afraid. You know, don't ever look at it. You never even consider anything. Okay, so in this final segment, we're going to give give our listeners some tools to make karma work for them in a positive way. And you might be surprised to discover that we don't have to violate our Christian principles in the least to utilize this powerful tool in our own lives, producing a better future harvest by sowing better seed now. In fact, I think anybody, I don't care if you're just involved in the Christian, going to the church, all that's your thing. You know, if there's people that make try to live good lives and they make big messes out of their lives because they don't realize that what they say and do is going to come back. Yes going to return to you i think there's a there's a scripture that came to my mind a scripture i, I don't like to use it there's a writer uh-huh. that wrote it that one of the one of the texts and it says cast your bread up on the water and in not in not too many days it'll return to you what does that mean that's karma isn't it, it is. <laughs> all right all right who's got number three that would be me all right all right so we're going to give you a few little things here what well, we got about three three little yeah so number one reflective accountability now these are all my terms these are not terms you're going to get on the internet and find these are just copyright alan rowland yeah i'm just i'm wondering how long it'll be for but yeah reflective accountability in which that just reflective means looking back and and accountable being accountable for what we've done okay go ahead tracy so as difficult and conflicting to our ego as this is we must examine our life and think of the things that we consider positive in our life and try to see how it is connected to the speech and actions of our past. However, the accountability comes into play when we look at things in our life that we consider negative and honestly see how they might be connected to our past speech and actions. But I never say anything wrong. So too many times it's easier to play the blame game. 
it's much easier to see someone else's role in our negative areas of our life and blame them for our suffering than to admit that we had a role that led us to this place in life. And the thing of it is, it may have, again, only been the way we reacted the wrong way to something. Mm -hmm. But it's still, we're going to talk, I think we can talk about that in this, don't we? But... uh, we can control how we react. That's all we can control. I can't control what someone says to me or about me. I can control how I react to that. Yes. And a lot of times it starts with just biting the tongue, thinking. You got to think before yeah. you speak. And I think this will help us if we think that we're going to reap this back. Yes. This same energy, we're going to get this. If we're putting out some hateful, mean energy, it's coming back to us. Mm-hmm. Jesus used another deal. He said, whatever rule you use to judge others, that's the rule you're going to meet. And what he was saying there is everybody says, well, when we get to heaven. No, no. Everybody's going to judge you by the same rule. The same energy you put out there on everybody else, they're going to return that energy right back on you. Ooh, that's tough. All right. Yeah. So, number one, Tracen, it probably is your fault. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, so, reflective accountability. Be honest. We have to be honest. Hey, I'm in this mess partially because I didn't react well. I didn't handle that situation. Sure the best way I could have handled it. But you notice we just, you know, I do. I just blow that off. Okay, who's number four? You are. Okay, the second thing. Number two, we are energy farmers. I liked this one. This may sound strange at first, but when we speak or act, we're sowing energy. That energy we sow may be positive or negative energy. It's all in our own personal control. Whatever energy we sow, we will at some point reap. It may not be a specific thing we said or did that we reap from. It may be more of a general energy of positive or negative origin that comes back to us from a different source or direction, yet it is a product of that energy we put out in the universe. And sometimes that energy is reflected in your children. And I speak from experience. You don't realize that negative energy you're putting out until you see it reflected back in your kid's attitude and you're like oh where did you get that from i better Uh, better uh, work uh, on that uh. but any force of energy in word deed or expression more or less takes on a life force of its own we may not remember saying what we said and the actual words may not be that important but the energy force behind the words will always come back to us and you guys have to have memories that you can think back on and you don't remember exactly what was said but you feel that in the pit of your stomach yeah well that occasion i may not remember the conversation i may not remember what's it i remember the energy that that person used to express that and putting that negative energy and i'll remember that every time Mm -hmm. yes when we release an energy from us it's a living thing and it can and it will grow if it finds a fertile host not only will we encounter that energy again at some point in our future, it will have multiplied. And instead of reaping the single seed we sowed, it will be a harvest of that seed and all the like energy that it has reproduced since we first released it. And often the longer it goes, the worse. Now let me say something about our speech here because it's a good time to say this. Don't you think that this is where an apology is very important? We can subside some of that negative energy if we got out of line, if we mm-hmm. spoke without thinking, if we would go to that person or those people and say, hey, I really want to apologize. I shouldn't have said that. I shouldn't have acted like that. 
We yes. can turn that around. And you guys have seen me do it. I do it. I open my mouth. I say things. I had to do it to the music group here a couple of weeks ago. You know, <laughs> I had to do it to Blake and the music group here a couple of weeks ago. But I know that's important to go do that. It I is. did it to Kurt just a week or so ago. I had said something, and I thought about it later that night, and it sounded terrible in my mind. And and, and even though Kirk was so gracious, and he said, I, I didn't think you thought. I know that had impacted him. It impacted me for me to say sure. that. And later I thought, I can't believe I even said that. Well, and I can tell you, because Blake came home and told me that yeah. you had apologized, which it was nothing major. He wasn't. Well, it was major But enough. it was major to you. and that was, yeah. But the impact that that had, that showed him it's okay to be the one in the wrong and to say I'm well, sorry. Yeah. And that's yeah. a huge thing. And like I said, I think of, man, if I would have done that every time, Mm-hmm. Oh yeah! I shot off my mouth. If I would have done that every time, I wouldn't be reaping some of this stuff. <laughs> well, I, I my, har- my harvest wouldn't be so weedy. <laughs> and let me tell you, sometimes just the act of having to go back and go, I opened my mouth when I shouldn't have, stalls you before you say it the next well, time. Well, and, and I will say this, because one of my biggest pet peeves, I hate the excuse of, I have no filter. Yes. Oh, boy. You have a filter. You choose you still whether have, you, still you have use some it or te- not. You still have some teeth. Yeah. Yes. So you have a filter because you wouldn't have any teeth left if you didn't. Because you. what it is is those, we've talked about this before, those people know who they can press. Exactly. They know who they can get exactly. by with, with being Everyone that Everyone at some point says something they don't mean to well, say. Sure, but sure. you have a filter. You have to choose. There are yes. people who just don't care. what, And you know their life is going to be, I've watched them. I've seen, I've, I can name you some people locally yeah. that they put up this negative, and their life is a miserable is. quagmire of well, just we, terrible think, stuff coming to them all the time. Mm-hmm. And, and you know what they go, how do they counter it? They go right back out and sow more bad mm-hmm. in it. They just go right back to the coffee shop or wherever they go and just start spreading more. Yes. I think everybody that's energy. out there listening can think of a picture in their head when you think about someone that you see them coming and you just take a deep breath and close your eyes and hope they don't see you because you know that they're angry and going to be you know pushing out that negative energy about something or someone well it's not just that and we're going to talk about that in one of our future episodes not the next one probably the one after that we're going to talk about this energy we're going to talk about our aura all of those things and uh, those people can just take your energy away from you they can just take all of your positive energy just soak it up like a sponge and walk away and it has no effect you can just try i've tried to be the mediator between somebody that was like that and a group of people and and you know what it does no good whatsoever well and you and i had a conversation about someone i encountered that i told you i said i just i'm i'm so physically and mentally exhausted and yeah. i didn't even realize that that's what it was yeah they're they're, they're energy vampires they take yes, it they're just you. vampires they just suck all of the positive energy out yeah. of the room yeah okay so am i reading number six i you think are. it's six yeah. okay so as energy farmers that is we plant energy and then in time we reap a harvest of that energy might we be able to figure out a way of using this natural law of karma to our own advantage? The main area of our life that causes us to sow negative energy and then reap a harvest of negative energy is our reaction to things. We've yes. talked about that, yes. And we have said that the only real control we have over circumstances is how we react to the circumstance. 
Our master Jesus warned about the pitfalls of this very nature when he told his audience to avoid reacting to circumstances in negative ways. Well, and I'm going to tell you guys a story. Blake, about a year and a half ago, he had encountered someone and this person was not very nice to him, Uh was kind of mean and ugly and... My initial reaction is, this kid's being mean to my kid. (laughs) And I took a step back and I told him, I said, you know, I said, have you made an effort to talk to this person, to just introduce yourself and really talk to them and get to know who they are? Well, no, but they're just mean. And I said, well, just just try. And then at least you can say, and a year later, they're pretty good friends. You know, and he, he told me after, he said, I'm really glad that I put myself out there and I tried that. And I thought, man, I need to follow my own advice but he sometimes. Was, but probably this person, that's a defense medica- mechanism for them. It mm-hmm. is. You can't touch me. can't get close to me. We're going to well, be talking about yes. that. Yeah. We're going to be talking about that in the future. And that's one of those things, too, where you have those people who have reacted to a situation really mm-hmm. well. And so I've sort of stepped in before and gone, why are you being so nice to them? They're so mean. <laughs> yeah. I mean, honestly, and there's that statement of, um, I'll never forget one lady going, well, can you not just feel how much pain they have to be in yeah. to be that And upset? I've had people say to me, I've had to deal with people in leadership roles, and I would be really, and people would say, I'd see people later say, you know what? They don't talk to you like they talk to everybody else. You know, they don't talk to yeah. you. Maybe I was in a position where there was, you know, just, I've been in different leadership roles. And yeah. I said, but, and they always think it said, I think they're afraid of you. No, it's not because they're afraid of me. I don't. It breaks their guard when you counter positive energy with positive energy. Well, the master told his followers to be very careful not to return evil for evil. Whether we are of the Christian faith or not, we all have heard the expression, turn the other cheek. I think his instructions were, if your enemy strikes you on the right cheek, cheek, turn and allow him to strike you on the left cheek also. Uh, When we interpret this instruction strictly from a physical, logical sense, it seems that he is instructing us to be a doormat or passive or whatever. Uh, But in the metaphysical sense of cause and effect, he was teaching him a more powerful lesson. He went on to instruct his followers to be careful not to respond to evil with evil, but instead do what? Return Return good good. for evil. Counter it. Counter it with good. And see, it's not about, well, I'm being a good person. It's just making me a better. No, it's about an energy war. It's about an energy that they've put out and mm-hmm. an energy you've countered it with. Now, the only energy you're going to reap from is the energy you put out. Right. Yes. So if you get sucked into their If you get sucked mess, into the yeah. snowball of negative on negative You're going to reap negative. in all of that. You're going to reap from their energy, your energy, your, your combining energies there that wow. you're putting out there to, to make it make it bad. Well, this principle makes no sense to us in the physical sense. Yet, when we think about the smile, smite, smite, smite <laughs> sorry, I knew that wasn't right. The smite on the cheek as a release of negative energy, and we respond with positive energy, and we will have to encounter the harvest of that energy again in the future. And the other person's going to have to do the same. Then, who actually walked away the winner? And that's what Jesus yes. was saying. Yeah. Especially when we respond with positive energy. It is much more pleasant to reap a harvest from a positive seed than a negative one. And I can tell you from experience oh, that yeah. it is. Okay, number one, we must have honest, reflective accountability. Number two, we must realize that we are energy farmers. And number three, the more we rein in our ego the more successful we will be in our pursuit to utilize positive karma to affect our future in a positive way. Ego is our mortal and spiritual enemy. Ego never wants to lose. 
Our ego has caused more negative energy to be released than any other single factor in our past. As we stated in our podcast on ego, it is unfortunate that our modern Western Christian culture does not emphasize the importance of recognizing, confronting, and conquering our ego. Well, the negative energy released when we operate in, the, in this unchecked ego should be alarming to us. Personally speaking, we are convinced that most of the negative energy we are reaping today is rooted in our reaction to circumstances in our ego self. Ego doesn't desire justice in any situation, does it? It demands revenge. Remember, the only real control we have over anything in life is how we respond. Ego would never turn the other cheek and then respond with kindness. Ego demands we respond to the person who slapped us on the cheek by blacking an eye and loosening some teeth. Yes. We have already mentioned that the Apostle Paul understood and taught the principle of karma when he wrote that each of us will reap what we sow. But in this same letter, he elaborated on the importance of the energy that we release as well. He called it the fruit of the Spirit. Fruit is a harvest, right? right? Yeah. So let's listen to his words in Galatians 5, 22 through 26. Tracen? But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature Mm -hmm. to the cross and crucified them there. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Let us not become conceited or provoke one another, or be jealous of one another. Now, Paul may not have used the word karma, but his application of its principles are very clear. He may not have used the term ego, but he was just as clear as where our opposition for a happy life comes from. That's right. And as always, until next time, may God's grace, peace, and love be on you, in you, and radiate out for each of you, our fellow seekers, from all of us here at God Beyond the Bible. Did you enjoy listening to God Beyond the Bible? Do you have an idea for an episode? Connect with us today. Visit our website at godbeyondthebible.com, all one word, or send us an email at email at godbeyondthebible.com, or you can visit us on Facebook. Just type God Beyond the Bible into the search bar.